Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. The late Dr. Miles Monroe once said something that really just kind of brought me a new perspective in regards to this topic. He said this, if you met the person who God has called you to be, you'd be afraid to meet yourself. If you met the person that God has called you to be, you'd be afraid to meet yourself. What is he saying? In, in other words, what he's saying is, if you met the person in fullness and completion in which God has called you to be, if you met that person that is full of boldness, that is fearless, that is full of courage, that is full of power, that is full of authority, the completeness of who God has called you to be, if you met that version of yourself, you'd be too nervous to meet yourself. It's a whole new person. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Kingdom Rock Network. My name is Caleb, and I'm so excited that you have decided to join back in with me today. We are in a series, part two of a series, entitled Stand Up and Fight. And we've already been to part one. So if you haven't already watched that one, I definitely encourage you to do so. And you can find that at www.kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. Amen. All right. So today we'll be starting part two of this series. Um, I'm so excited for this for this part. And, and I, I just pray that wherever you are, that you just get comfortable and just relax and just receive this word because the Lord has something for you and you do not want to miss it. Amen. Today's title of this part uh, of this message will be Know Your Enemy. All right, know your enemy. Now, one thing that we have to acknowledge is that we all have an enemy, the devil, and we got we to gotta realize that he's very strategic. He's no amateur when it comes to attacking us. He knows when to attack us. He knows where to attack us. And he knows how to attack us. All right, the devil has a barrage of weapons that he uses against us. All right, he can use fear or distraction or a deception or temptation or division. He has a barrage of weapons that he uses against God's people. And again, as a believer, it will be very detrimental to believe that the moment you give your life to Christ, that you're just excluded from all these attacks. All right. In fact, when you give your life to Christ, you should expect more opposition from your enemy. No matter what season that you're in, as it relates to this life, you need to realize that the devil is out for you. All right. The devil doesn't care. What the, the devil doesn't care how the weather is outside. It doesn't matter what season that you're in in this life. You can be in a good season. You can be in, in a in a season of growth. You can be in a season where God may be trying to test your faith. It doesn't matter to the devil. He's still going to try to attack you no matter what season that you're in. First, Peter five, eight says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, there's two things that the devil and the lion has in common as it relates to this verse. Number one is that they are both opportunistic. This means that they're both really great at exploiting opportunities if they're given a chance. For a lion, if a lion sees a group of gazelles walking in the, the safari desert in, 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 the, in the plains of Africa, if those gazelles walk past some high grasses, the lion sees that as an opportunity because he uses those high grasses as camouflage in order to sneak up on his prey, in order to jump on his prey. Opportunity. So for this case right here, the opportunity would be the high grasses that the lion hides in in order to sneak up on his prey. 
in the same manner, the devil works in the same way because like a lion, he's still looking for these opportunities as well. And in our life, the devil likes to hide in high grasses in order to sneak up on us. Now, for a lion, those high grasses are just natural grasses, you know, the, the, you know, the 10 grass. But for us, those high grasses that the devil hides in are fear or distraction or temptation or stress or really anything that will keep your attention away from God when you begin to give your attention to these other things that acts as camouflage for the devil to sneak up on you and to camouflage. And when we begin to operate in these things, again, it gives the enemy, it gives the devil camouflage, like it gives a lion camouflage into our lives in order to, you know, come against us. And we just, you know, sit here and we get attacked and attacked again, and he just sneaks up on us. And we don't know where it comes from. It's just like random. And he prowls around and he jumps on us. And it's just so spontaneous. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, in this life that you won't have these high grasses. I'm not saying in this life that you won't have fear or maybe stress or distractions or temptation. I'm not saying that's the case. But what I am saying is when you begin to meditate on these things, when these things begin to pre uh, present themselves to you, the more you begin to meditate on them, all you're doing is letting it grow. And it's becoming high grasses for the enemy to hide in. You're giving him camouflage. So in order to keep the enemy from sneaking up and camouflaging, we are to do what the scripture says here, and it says, stay alert. We are to stay alert. Now, how do we do this? We do this by saying discipline. We do this by saying discipline in our prayer life. We do this by saying discipline and seeking the Lord on a day-to-day -day basis. We do this by saying discipline and reading the word. In other words, we do this by, by being good stewards in our faith and, and walking this walk with God. That's how, you, that's how you stay alert and you keep the enemy at bay. And the more you begin to do these things, the more, you, the more you begin to spend time in prayer, the more you begin to spend time with, in God's word, the more you begin to just spend time with God, what it does, those high grasses, they begin to get lower and lower and lower. And the more you stay in God's word and in these things of God, you begin to see the enemy a lot more clearer. Amen. Now, there's one more thing that a lion and a devil have in common. And that is that they are by, they are by both they are both by nature vicious. Now the devil and the lion they do prefer to sneak up on you. They do prefer prefer to camouflage and to sneak up on you in, in, in those high grasses and try to pounce on you. They prefer to do that, but you got to realize that at the end of the day, a lion is still a lion and the devil is still a, is still a devil. So though they do prefer to sneak up on you and camouflage, they will still attack you either way. Because of this, it's so important that we are not only aware of the enemy and attentive, attentive of the enemy, we have to begin to realize how the enemy operates in our life. For any sports fans or anyone who plays, you know, college sports, basketball or football or baseball or really any sport that, that has competition, I can almost guarantee you that there's not a single sports a sports uh, a sports team that goes into a game without knowing their opponent. For any sports fan, or rather for any sports uh, anybody who plays sports, that that team that team that you're playing on, you always go into the game having a a game plan um, against your opponent. You need to know your opponent. So this means that we know the tendencies. Uh, we need to know how they react in a losing situation or in a winning situation. All right, we learn their weaknesses and their strengths. Or we learn what they do when they make a big play or when we make a big play. All right, so when you know how your enemy operates, it's easier to come up with a game plan to be effective in the game or to be effective in battle. 
in the same manner, we need, we need to know how the enemy operates. We need to know how the devil operates, but in order to achieve victory, in order to, uh, know how he operates. We need to learn how he, we need to know his tendencies. We need to know how he reacts in a winning or losing situation. We need to know his strengths and his weaknesses. We need to know these things. All right. We have to know our enemy. And Paul's second letter to the church of Corinth, he, um, in, in regards to forgiving a certain man, he makes a great point about knowing the enemy. Um, and we can see this here in second Corinthians, second Corinthians two, uh, verses nine through 11. And it reads, I wrote to you as I did to test you to see if you will fully comply with my instructions. When you forgive this man, I forgive him too. And when I forget whatever needs to be forgiven, I do so with Christ's authority for your benefit so that Satan will not outsmart us for we are familiar with his evil schemes. And I really like how the NKJV says it in a verse 11. It says, lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. All right. So Paul makes a great point here that we need to grasp onto. And that is that the devil does have tools. He has weapons against us, but we are not to be ignorant of them. We need to know how he operates. We need to know how he how he moves and how he does stuff in our lives. We need to not be outsmarted by the devil. We need not we need not to be ignorant of his devices. So when you stop just seeing your enemy, but begin to know how he operates, it will be much harder for him to sneak up on you. It'll be much harder for him to attack you. It'll be much harder for him to be effective in battle against you. Amen. Now, another reason you need to also understand why the devil uh, is attacking you so hard or why it's also important to know the enemy is because the enemy knows you. The enemy knows you. Again, in any game, it's two opponents. There's two teams. You got both teams, and they both are supposed to know each other. So we're supposed to know our enemy and best believe that the enemy knows you. The late Dr. Miles Moreau once said something that really just kind of brought me a new perspective in regards to this topic. He said this, if you met the person who God has called you to be, you'd be afraid to meet yourself. If you met the person that God has called you to be, you'd be afraid to meet yourself. What is he saying? In, in other words, what he's saying is if you met the person in fullness and completion in which God has called you to be, if you met that person that is full of boldness, that is fearless, that is full of courage, that is full of power, that is full of authority, the completeness of who God has called you to be. If you met that version of yourself, you'd be too nervous to meet yourself. It's a whole new person. It's a whole new person. That person is full of power. That person that God has, has called you to be, that, that person that God is trying to make you in is full of authority. That person that God is trying to make you in is full of fearlessness. All right, that person that God is trying to make you in is courageous. All right. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly who he has created you to be and everything that God has called you to be, everything that God has created you to be, everything that you need to be who you are in complete fullness of who he has called you to be. It's already in you or right, everything that God has called you to be is already in you. And though the devil doesn't know in full what God has called you to be, the, the, the Lord has already seen a full, complete version of, of who he's, he's made you to be. He's already seen it. He knows that person. It's no surprise to him. But see, the devil, he doesn't fully see the, the, the he doesn't see the picture clearly. He doesn't see the, the full picture. 
And said he, he kind of sees like the blueprints of our destiny. He sees the blueprints of what God has called you to be. God has seen the finished work of who he has called you to be, but the devil has seen the blueprints. And the thing is, when he sees these blueprints, he, he, he says, no, 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 we can't let that happen. That building project right there, that person that God is trying to make you win, we cannot let that happen. Why? Because when the, when the Lord begins to perfect you and begins to complete you into the fullness of who he has called you to be, the devil stands no chance against you. And he knows this. The plans that God has for you will destroy and dismantle the plans of the enemy. The person that God has called you to be is full of boldness. Again, he's it's full of power. That person is full of authority. He has already seen you walking in the fullness of who you are. All right, and the devil sees the blueprint. So what does he do? What, what does the devil do? He studies you. He gets to know you. From the moment you left your mother's womb, he, he, he begins to take filming. He begins to take notes. And he begins to learn you. All right, the devil knows all your weak points. He knows all, he, know, he knows what to do to entice you to say. He knows how to tempt you. He knows when to tempt you. He knows where to tempt you. He knows how to tempt you. All right, he knows your fears. He knows how to keep you isolated from certain people that would catapult you into your purpose. And he knows how to keep you, he knows how to give you good things in order to keep you away from the great things that God wants to give you. All right. The enemy who is the God of this world knows exactly what he's doing in order to keep you from your destiny. And that's the war that you're in. That's the fight that you're in. This is the reality that you're living in. You have opposition constantly coming against you every single day, every single night. He's constantly coming against you in every single season of your life, no matter what season that you're in. He's constantly coming against you because he knows, rather he sees the blueprints of who God has called you to be. He sees the blueprints of what God is trying to create you to be. Amen. The moment you begin to fulfill the call on your life and walk into the purpose that God has for you, my friend, you become a weapon of mass destruction against the enemy. And he knows this. That's why the God of this world, which is which is Satan, he's coming so hard against you. He's coming so hard against you. So many attacks come against you because he sees the blueprints of what God is trying to make you into. But Jesus tells us in John 16, 33. He says, these things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus Christ on the cross has overcome the world. That includes the God of this world being Satan. And when you begin to stay near God, when you begin to keep your, your mind and your attention all the things that the devil may try to send, these, these attacks, fear, and, this, and deception, and temptation, when you begin to keep your mind away from that and begin to place your mind on God and let him perfect you into the fullness of what he has for you, no power in hell stands a chance against you. Amen? Now, you need to understand that you need to be aware of your enemy. You need to know how your enemy operates. But you also need to know how to fight your enemy. Going back to the example of, of you know, being, being in a desert with some lions, I can bring a weapon, you know, naturally if I go to the desert and it's in the places of Africa, wherever the lions are, if I go to these places, I can bring some boxing gloves, right? Those are weapons, right? And I can try to fight those lions, but it's not an effective weapon. By the same manner, in this life that we're living, so many times we try to fight against the enemy with our own willpower, with our own, with our own power, with our own will. But you got to realize that's the equivalent of fighting against lions with, with, with some boxing gloves. It, it's just not effective. 
The enemy has a barrage of weapons that he uses against us, as I mentioned earlier. But I want to say the greatest one that I believe that he uses against the body of Christ, against people, is temptation. Now, why do I say this? There's two reasons why I say this. Number one being is that this is the first weapon that he used against mankind. Temptation. Also, I say this because against Jesus Christ, who was all man, yet all God, out of all the bags of tricks that Satan could use, he used temptation against Jesus. Now, whatever the enemy chooses to you, whatever, whatever weapon he decides to use against you, um, you got to realize that you have a effective weapon. And, and Jesus shows us this in Matthew's verses four, or rather Matthew's chapter four, verses one through 11. And it reads, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, the scripture says people do not live by bread alone, but by everywhere that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scripture says he will order his angels to protect you and they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on the stone. Jesus responded, the scripture also says you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. I will give it all to you, he said, if you will kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scripture says you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Now, before I talk about this weapon that Jesus used in this particular scripture, I want to point out one thing um, in verse one. It says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. All right. It says Jesus was led by the spirit. The Holy Spirit is very important in this life um, as it relates to fighting against the enemy and just living this life in general. The Holy Spirit, he is very important. You can't do nothing without him. He's the one that gives you wisdom and strength and, and power and authority and all these things against the enemy. All right, the power doesn't come from you. It comes from him. If you have said that Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, please note that God, the Holy Spirit, lives in you. He is one with your spirit and at the point of salvation. He's, he's one with your spirit at the point of salvation. And throughout your entire life, he will constantly begin to change you and to, and to mold you and to sanctify you and to, and, and to love on you and to redeem you and to and keep you going in, in, all, in all seasons of your life. All right. He's the one that gives you power in the name of Jesus. He's the one that does all these things for you, but he can't do this if you don't, if you don't follow him. All right. The Bible doesn't say Jesus was forced or dragged or threatened by the Holy Spirit. It says he was led by the Holy Spirit and Jesus followed the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit will never force you or drag you or, or threaten you to come along with him. He'll never do that. It has to be a willful choice because God will not force your will to his will, but you have to conform your will to his. Galatians 5.16 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life, then you won't be doing what then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. All right, so we see this principle again that the Holy Spirit guides us, He leads us, He doesn't drag us, He doesn't threaten us, He doesn't, He doesn't, you know, pick us up by the leg and just drag. Even though it's for our own, it would be for our own good, He won't do that. All right, you must be led by the Holy Spirit. 
You must follow his instruction. You must follow his guidance. All right, that's first and foremost. Amen. Now here in Matthew 4, Jesus gives us a way to fight against the enemy. What is this way? It's the word. It's the Bible. Jesus having all power and authority, being God, he did not choose to incinerate the devil with fire. He did not choose to call a legion of angels to fight against the devil in that moment of temptation. What did he do? Every time the devil came with a proposition, Jesus simply referred back to the word of God. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. It is written. It is written. It is written. Jesus referred back to the word of God. And this is why it's so important to know your Bible. This is why it's so important to, to, feed, your, to feed your spirit with the Bible daily, you know, constantly. Or you need to know what is written because everything, you need to understand that everything in the word, everything has to submit to God's word. Everything, including the devil. There's nothing that can't submit to God's word. Everything has to submit to God's word. One truth that you need to grasp is that when you live in God's word, it will hide you from sin. And on the contrary, when you continue to live in sin, it will, it will hide you from God's word. All right, the word of God is a sword. It's a weapon. But what good is a weapon if you don't know how to use it? And many of us, it's, it's sad to say, but many believers really don't understand the value of the Bible, doesn't really understand the value of God's word. Just like a baby doesn't understand the value of a $100 bill. If I give a $100 bill to a baby, he may break it up or she may break it up and, and, and eat it. Who knows what they'll do with it? But it has value to it. They don't realize the value, but it, but it has value to it. All right. By the same manner, we need to understand how valuable the word is to our lives. And we realize how valuable it is when we open it up and we read it. And even if you're struggling with sin, you must, you still must read the Bible. If you're struggling in the midst of sin, there's no excuse not to get into your word. You got to realize when, 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 when you read the Bible, it squeezes sin out of you. All right. The, 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 the sin will try to squeeze the word out of you, but the Bible will, will squeeze the sin out of you. You got to realize that. And you may say, okay, I don't know where to start. I don't even know where to read the Bible. I've never touched the Bible. I've never opened up a Bible. You may be saying that, but I, I say simply just start with the gospel. Start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If nothing else, learn what Jesus says. Start there. Well, you know this word and the enemy comes with temptation and other things and, and all these things that he may try to bring against you. When he, come, when, when he comes with temptation, in the midst of that temptation, if you're filled with God's word, you can do what Jesus says. No, no, it, it is written. The devil may say, do this. or You, you know you want to do that. No, I want to do it. But the, the Bible says this. The Bible says that it is written. It is written. You know, when, when circumstances and, and trials and tribulations come against you in this life and they feel like they're overcoming you, you can simply refer back to the word. I have the victory. I have the victory. I have the victory. All right, it's important to know the word. It's your weapon. Amen? You need to realize when the devil comes to tempt you, he's going to try multiple times as well. It's not going to be a one-time thing. It's going, to, it's going to be multiple times. The Bible says the devil tempted Jesus three times. But we can see in James, in James 4, verse 7, it says, Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. All right, so there's three things we got to take from the scripture. We got to first submit ourselves to God. In the moment of temptation, the first thing you need to do is submit yourself to God. When these temptations come against you, Lord, I, 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 Lord, I feel tempted. I need your help. I need your grace. I need your help, Lord. You need to submit yourself to God immediately. That's number one. All right. You can't resist unless you submit yourself to God. All right. It's only by first submitting ourselves to God that we are even able to resist. All right. Now, the second part of the scripture, it says, resist the devil. 
Now we gotta realize that this word resist isn't. It's almost like a battle. It's gonna be a little bit of a battle. It's it's gonna be tough. It's not gonna be easy all the time. Sometimes you may be able to resist them like that, but sometimes it's going to be tough. But I'm telling you, if you submit yourself to God, that's why it's so essential to submit yourself to God. Because when you try to resist the devil with your own willpower, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. All right. This resisting is going to be a struggle sometimes. All right. But you'll be able to withstand it when you submit yourself to God, when you submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. And just like the devil did with Jesus, after three fell attempts, the devil left. And that's what it says in James 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist, resist the devil, and what? He will flee from you. That's what the word says. The devil has to submit to the word. Everything has to submit to the word. So when you submit to God and you resist, it's going to be a battle sometimes. But if you can just resist for that moment, the devil has to flee because the word says so. And by the same token, when we submit your, when we submit ourselves to God and we resist the enemy, he has no choice but to flee. Amen. So as we come to a close today, I just want to I want to go over these few points again. So we got to first we got to know our enemy. We, we, we need to be aware of the enemy. We need to realize where he is. We don't need to be focused on things like fear or, tempta or temptation or distraction, or all these things in life that may try to bring our attention away from God, because all you're doing is you're allowing the enemy to camouflage and to sneak up on you and then get closer and closer like a line. All right. You need to also know how your enemy operates. Or you need to know his tactics. You need to know how he how he comes against you. You know how he comes against you in those moments where, you know, whatever the case may be. But, you know, you know, those moments where he may come against you, you need to be aware of it. Again, Paul said we should not be ignorant of his devices. And then lastly, remember that you have a weapon against the enemy. And that's the word. All right. Jesus, he's the word against the enemy. If Jesus Christ being all God, yet all man, Use the same word that we have against the enemy. Why aren't you? All right, you need to know your Bible. You need to get into your Bible. And I challenge every single person that's watching, if you are not constantly living in your word, if you're struggling, I, I challenge you this week. I challenge you just to start with 15 minutes a day, 15 minutes of intentional time. I'm talking about it has to be intentional, not just 15 minutes just to do it. But if you can spend some intentional time in God's word, and even though, even though, even if you don't know what to read, just begin to ask the Holy Spirit, help me understand the Holy Spirit. Help me to understand this Holy Spirit. As you begin to do this, I promise you that passion and that hunger for God's word will begin to grow. It'll begin to grow. And see, the devil doesn't like that. When you do this, when you begin to get into the word, when you begin to use this weapon, you become a weapon of, you, you become a weapon of mass destruction to the enemy. All right, you need to know your word. All right, so that's the challenge that I leave with y'all today. Amen. As we come to a close, I do want to pray for you as well. So wherever you are, if you're at home or if you're at work, wherever you are, I just ask that you bow your head right now. If you're driving, please do not bow your head. But I just pray that you receive this prayer. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we come before you, Lord God, humbly, Lord God. Lord God, we come for you, Lord God, Jesus, asking you to reveal where the enemy may be in our lives, Lord God. Father God, expose the enemy wherever he may be in, in any facet of our lives, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Father God, teach us how to fight against the enemy, Lord God, Jesus. Give us, Father God, the passion to get into the world, Father God, so that we may use that sword, Father God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God against the enemy, Lord God. Lord God, we ask that you begin to give us grace and a hunger, Father God, for your word. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. Teach us how to fight, Lord God. Teach us how to know our enemy in the name of Jesus. 
We pray this prayer in your son's name, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And for anybody else who's watching who don't proclaim to be a Christian, or if maybe you're unsure that you're a Christian, if you are unsure about your salvation, if you don't even know what salvation is, I want to offer this to you today. I want to offer this to you today because this is for you. The first step to even fight against the enemy is, is to, is to uh, uh, let go and, and let God and, and let God come into your life as your personal Lord and Savior. So I just want to offer this opportunity of salvation to you. And I pray that you just repeat this after me and just that you believe it in your heart. Amen. So just repeat after me. Say, Father, I come before you right now admitting that I am a sinner. I have done many wrongs against you. I have done many wrongs against others. And I have done many wrongs against myself. I repent right now of all my sins, of all my iniquities. I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died. I believe that he was buried. And I believe that he was resurrected. Right now, I receive the Holy Spirit to come live inside of me, to change me into what you want me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. My friend, I believe that if you have prayed this prayer by faith, that God has accepted you as his. You are his child now. You are part of the, the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you, this journey that you're about to start is going to be the best journey that you have ever experienced in your life. It's not always going to be easy, but I'll tell you one thing. It will be well worth it. Amen. So I thank you all for joining in with me today. And I will see you all next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.